He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 129 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. As always, I'm James Richardson and I'm joined with Barry O'Hanron. Hey, Barry. James, how's it going? Good I to am... be back this week. Yeah. Sorry we're a little bit late, folks. Yeah, that's all down to my work schedule, unfortunately. Um, so I apologise for that, but at least we're getting something out, which we promised we would. Um, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, our Twitter handle is a good talk golf. That's at a good talk golf, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Let us hit, have any comments or queries or any comments you want to make um, at either the Twitter handle or the Gmail account. So, Barry, we were both on the course last week. Um, you were on it twice, Saturday and Sunday. Um, 30 second, uh, and I'm limiting you to 30 seconds here because you've already taken up. The reason why none of this podcast was put out was we needed to put as much distance from your Saturday round to this recording so you might actually not give out about every single shot Or develop hit. amnesia. Well, the thing is, I was pretty hungover after Friday night. The, oh yeah, here's the, the excuses. The Ireland-Wales game. No, no, no. Look, in fairness, I'm playing pretty... Crap. Messy crap at the moment, yeah. Loads, loads of um, lots of mess. Like I had a less than a few weeks ago. I'm still betting in the few little things. So uh, the game was all over the place, and uh, my body did not synchronize up at all on Saturday. So uh, it was. Um, and you seemed so convinced the other day when you told me that you'd been up for the lesson. It was all clicking. Oh, it, it felt it, it clicked. Felt good, yeah. It it it's it. What are you clicking there? Um. Yeah, it hadn't fully clicked. It was a false dawn. So, um, look. Back to was, the range. It, one, it? It, it, it is back to the range and back to a bit of practice. It was one of those rounds where everything went wrong on top of me playing poorly. It was actually quite hilarious. So, I laughed it off and uh, went out on Sunday and played a well a hell of a lot better, but still not, not quite uh, anywhere near my handicap. So... The, How many uh, balls did you lose? You were on average of three per round. Are we I, still I on think, three per I round? I think I lost seven on Saturday. Oh, that's going to push up the old average. It's going to kill it. Um, so, so seven Pro V1s, or did you did you knock down to like an L Pinnacle or something in the bag after the six? I don't know if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail at the highest level. <laughs> <laughs> they were Pro V1 Xs, yeah. Or were they new or old? Oh, they were shiny new. Edits. Oh, no! <laughs> did you even hit one decent shot with any of the seven that you lost? Well, how can it be a good shot if the ball's lost? Well, because you could have hit one good shot and then lost the next the ball on the next shot. Oh, um, well, there were so many. It's all kind of confusing. There were a lot of lost balls and a lot of bad <laughs> shots. There were one or two. I think I had. I think I might have had. No, I had a birdie on Saturday, on Sunday. Anyway, it was. Um, yeah, I know the, rent, look, the on the plus side, right? Oh, I there hit, is I, a plus. Titleist share price has gone skyrocketing. Yeah. That's the plus side. I hit rock bottom on Sunday <laughs> in terms of golf. It can on Saturday. It can only go up. Um, hit a lot of good shots on Sunday. There's still still a lot of things to figure out. Um, How much was the entry? It was about seven euros entry on Saturday for the competition plus 
half dozen oh, Pro V1s. Oh, just, you might as well. So you're talking about 32 euros for it, a rounding it, off. It might have been more fun watching a 50 euro <laughs> no You could have lit a cigar with it or something. Yeah, yeah. So no, there's a, f- there's a few things that are working okay at the moment. Uh, some of my chipping feels pretty nice and getting a nice, uh, feeling a nice rhythm on it and getting a good contact. And watching the ball go sailing over the, 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 the boundary. No, no, I'm not knifing them. That's okay. <laughs> I'm chunking a couple of them, but, uh, you know, these things happen. Uh, we're not on tour, so there's I think there's we all, in fairness, like, I know I'm taking the piss out of you yeah, yeah. for the moment, but we, we, everybody, and I think at a good talk spoil, let us know, uh, sorry, good talk golf uh, on Twitter, let us know, like, I've had those moments. I, I I had a 15 on a par 3 on one occasion when I put like four over the fence uh, um, onto the road and gone. Now, I picked three of them up on the way out when I drove home. <laughs> I stopped and picked them up. I wasn't leaving those babies go. But I, I get to a point where if I've lost, you know, like that. Now, I, I can't quite remember the last time I lost seven on a round of golf. But once I get to maybe, you know, two decent Pro V ones, I'll start looking in the bag at the bottom for the, the kind of the roughed up ones. Simply because I know that obviously it's not a day hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. uh, controlling my ball too too well. Um but yeah. you were brave. You kept going with the brand new ones. Yeah, yeah. Think so. how many hours you wasted putting all those little orange dots on it. I don't waste hours doing that. Actually, That's meditation, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with a bottle of wine, it's kind of uh, <laughs> relaxing. Those, those, those dots get a little bit bigger. Yeah, my, they, my biggest debate right now. So, yeah, that's that golf gone for the last weekend. Looking forward to a couple of rounds this weekend. It's going to be windy, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, my biggest question now is whether uh, Titleist have their four for three offer, four dozen for mm. three dozen offer at the moment. I'm wondering, do I need to go for eight rather than four for the season? I well, well, at the rate you're going, you're going to need a 12. lot more than <laughs> uh, uh, than the eight. I suppose the other thing is that uh, Titleist now, with this offer, you have to personalize it in some way mm-hmm. and you get to pick a number. So, of course, the first thing you could do is instead of personalizing it with BOH like you did last year, you could consider putting your phone number on them. And I they could then yeah. phone, somebody could text you back and say i found your golf ball would you like it return to sender <laughs> that would be quite a funny way to do it you know i saw i've seen people put like you know down to the downs or druid's heath captain on them and things like that but maybe uh-huh. just yeah just write you know 087 and put your mobile number <laughs> and if somebody found it they just ring it yeah i don't know i might might convert them into advertising for the podcast because there'll be a lot of them scattered around <laughs> the place and uh, tell me um the other bit to the to the titleist thing that they're doing this year is that not only do you have to pick you're, you have to personalize it, but you also get to pick your number. Any any you thinking can, of what number between double zero to ninety nine? Well, I think you can do the regular one, two, three, fours, and you can personalize those, and they'll give you the mixed set of uh, a sleeve of ones, a sleeve of twos, a sleeve of threes, and a sleeve of fours. But if you want to go for the specific number, they're all going to be that number. Yeah. Um, I'm well, sure, I knew I'm, that. Yeah. I'm sure all the guys are listening to the show can imagine what number will sell out first or be you know eighty percent produced 59 i assume you mean 100 percent, yeah yeah well isn't yeah. that not the targeting golf is to hit a 59 yeah 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 <laughs> Boy, what did you mean you got half the equation right there anyway um i don't know i don't know what number i'd choose um I, I think i'll just go for the mix set um yeah i don't know anyway you? it's interesting Anything? no oh, i'll go with 21 that's my lucky number so okay uh, i'll just go with my usual and um, yeah my golf is great and uh it was great on Saturday, and that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> I've deflected so much about your golf that we don't need to talk about mine. I am, however, you don't need to get dragged down with me to the bottom. Yeah, actually, 
in, a, in, in literally a five second answer mm. drove the ball pretty well hit half decent iron shots and I left my putter basically in the car and I basically kicked the ball around the greens because I couldn't get the ball into a bucket if it had been a bucket <laughs> um, I did however start and finish with the same ball I'm pretty sure so that on the other hand I was quite proud of I think that'll be my crowning achievement of the year if I do that in 150 <laughs> but stay same golf ball yeah, exactly. uh, played with one of the guys Tony that we play uh, myself and obviously your father was playing with us um, but uh, guy Tony first time uh, first time ever playing the course and um, front nine I think he was like three over four over for the front nine and he uh, he was like I, I said to him when walking between the ninth and the tenth and I said, uh, Tony, what uh, what handicap are you? Oh, 13. 13. I went, 13. What are you like? He goes, it's just a course that suits my eye. He was unbelievable at the weekend. So it's obviously a course that does suit his eye, and I, I wish him the very best of luck for the year. That's nice. I wish we could get some sort of start in that place. I don't, I don't think either of us have come remotely close to figuring that place out yet. No, and I suppose talking about guys and handicaps, we, we raised last week uh, that there is a GUI, uh, both, both in Ireland and the UK, this kind of handicap awareness and mm. making people more aware of you know the importance of putting cards in for no returns and point one bandits and uh, Barry we got a really interesting uh, email from a from a listener yeah good good uh, good topic for conversation uh, Jonathan Gordon from up the north uh, Northern Ireland in Port Rush um, says hi lads my handicap was frozen for the winter at 17 and I've been putting in the work all winter I shot a 77 on winter greens and was also plus four gross the next week in a 13-hole turkey competition. His domestic handicap was cut to 12. Now we are back to normal on St. Patrick's Day and I'm off 17. They're playing the Darren Clark Trophy that day. Should I feel guilty and what are your thoughts on this as the GUI are on Handicap Awareness Week? Well, firstly, congratulations. Because I think, I think, you know, that should be the first thing we say, even on a domestic cut, you know, to drop five shots from 17 to 12 is, is, is an incredible achievement. I bet they and, still and have some turkeys left over. Yeah, and it, and it shows, it, 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 I suppose there was a couple of things when I read it. One, it just shows how you can use the winter to really kind of, you know, hone your game. And I'm sure uh, it was a lot of practice up in the driving mm. range and a lot of putting and a lot of chip shots. So it's going to hold all the way through the season from winter to the summer. I suppose the question that he's posing is, you know, is there, should, should he feel cut? guilty starting on Friday tomorrow um, at a 17 handicap for the first of the qualifying competitions? Um, my short answer to that is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what he'll see is that if, you know, obviously between winter golf and summer golf, there is two very distinct differences. One, you're probably going to be longer, you know, further back off the tees. So the course is a bit shorter during the winter, sure. playing forward tees. Um, two, the pressure that comes upon playing in a qualifying compared mm. to a non-qualifying. Um, I'm sure if he was plus four gross through 13 holes in a monthly medal and or, you know, a qualifying competition... That in itself brings a lot of pressure, and that's going to test the game, which it yep. doesn't necessarily test at the same level during the winter. And I suppose the third point I would make is that obviously there's a lot of winter rules in terms of you know pick, clean, and drop, 
you get to place on on the fairway. We played last week in the heath, and we got to place in the fair in the rough. Mm-hmm. So you know you can certainly give yourself a maybe a, a nicer lie or certainly a preferred lie, particularly around the greens. You know you might be able to set it up slightly and be able to get the wedge underneath, so you can have that floaty shot. Yeah, which might not be the kind of shot you can play in the middle of June with a harder ground and. You might be the, sitting down in a bird's nest yeah, in the, in and, the, and in the so, summer. Yeah. So it's going to be there's going to be different parts of their get you know the game. The greens mm-hmm. will be maybe a bit slower. You can hit them a little bit quicker on the greens at that stage. So you know you're more hitting it at the hole to take breaks out. So there are subtle differences, but I think that there 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 should be no guilt um, no. or or suggestion of 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 that. No, none at all. I completely agree with everything you're saying there. I mean. Uh, to add to that, like the greens are more receptive, so you're kind of throwing a dart rather than the ball releasing out on the green. It, it, and if you've got your distances dialed in, it helps getting the ball closer to the hole. Um, that's that's not to say that like winter golf is an absolute cakewalk. <laughs> it can absolutely destroy you, regardless of these helpful or sorry perceived helpful things that can happen. Winter golf with like placing everywhere and. Um, the slower, you know, slower greens that you can be aggressive on. You have to be playing good golf to score well. So there's no, there's nothing to be guilty about. You've put the work in, and you've reaped the rewards with plenty of turkeys. And from from where we're standing, go on and go out and just keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously working. And ultimately, you know, the winter brings with it cold hands, bigger wind, colder wind. You know, there is a lot of the elements that maybe on a really nice summer's day. Or you're playing in shorts and a t-shirt, you don't have those uh, mm. similar. Ultimately, is it you know? And the, I suppose the question he's posing is: with the handicap awareness, is it fair for him to return to seventeen tomorrow with all the work? And ultimately, that's for the handicap secretary to either implement a cutting on observation. Um, he'll obviously, if he goes out and shoots, you know, four, five, six, seven over gross tomorrow or over the weekend he'll get a significant cut anyway and mm-hmm. um, the 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 kind of the was it the ESR system that you know if somebody makes rapid improvement they will be cut quicker while it, there's been a bit of a change to that over the last while it's it's not not a huge uh, change so he will drop and he'll drop quickly I suppose the thing is that I, I think for my only suggestion because I suppose somebody who went from 17 down to kind of 10 over kind of two and a half years is to enjoy the process of it, you know, to enjoy the reduction and enjoy the process of, of reducing the handicap and, and just keep getting to a point where you can play to that handicap. Mm. You know, it's it's all right to drop like a stone, but it's it's disillusioning to go out. And if you drop like a stone and find you're off 10 and then every week you're struggling to get to 10... You know, enjoy the process and just enjoy the improvement and, and just see where you're at at the end of the season. From talking from our experience, and we both had significant drops at different, on different seasons. And I think what kind of got into our heads was the expectation that I should be playing to 10 when you get to 10 all the time. And that's not really true in a handicap. And the handicap, it's not your average range. It's not like you should be 10 every week. It's... It's the, the kind of the barometer of your golfing ability. So you're not going to shoot to 10 every week, even if you have got yourself down there. Um, but if you can start getting within reach of that or playing consistently close to it, you know that you're getting to that level where 10, you're, you're comfortably at 10 and you can break through it every once, every 10 rounds or whatever. 
and then you can start moving to try get it down lower and lower. So I think the thing that we, the lesson we learned, anyway, I did, speaking for myself, was the to remove the expectation that, like, oh, I'm a 10 handicapper, that's not the shot of a 10 handicapper, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, much much the way that um, Paul Laurie uh, spoke of his problems um, with the game of golf when he won the Open Championship, and he was you know out in a subsequent tournament, and he'd hit a poor shot, and he started beating himself up, saying, that's not the shot of an Open Champion. And he did this. He did this a lot, and he finally realized this is a terrible mental attitude to go out with, um, because everybody, even Tiger Woods at the time, they were everyone's prone to the poor shots and poor rounds. And just because you have achieved that thing in the past, doesn't mean you should have to hold yourself to that ridiculous standard all the time. I mean, it's and I think, whatever you're doing, Jonathan. You're doing you're doing it right, and and I think why I, change a thing? I know. Just when you sent me the email the other day and I, I was reading it and I was thinking back to not this summer, not this winter and not the winter gone by, it was the previous winter. Um, and I had gone through that winter and I had played really, really solid golf, especially January, February, March. And we got to, I think, the first qualifying. I think the second week was like the, the March medal or whatever it was. Mm. And I had arrived in the club with this expectation because I had played so well through January and February and March. And I arrived at the club that day thinking, oh, I've got this in the bag. Like, you know, I've got a good high handicap. Um, in, I'm, I'm playing way below that. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing really, really well. And I didn't come anywhere. Simply because I had built in my head you know, that I had the cushion of 17, oh, I'll go out and shoot, you know, maybe 10 or 11 gross, six shots better, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna win this, this will mm. be a cakewalk. Ultimately, and it's the point you made a few minutes ago, ultimately golf is about getting the ball in the hole, whatever the conditions are, and you have to have the ability to do that, whether it be winter or summer, and just keep going, Jonathan, and, and I, it would be, we're going to enjoy seeing the progress over the next few weeks and keep us updated yeah, yeah, definitely. That's not how you get on this weekend. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I mean, I know the courses won't have changed. The course won't have changed dramatically in terms of conditions, be- you know, between the last couple of weeks and right now. But obviously, his course is in good enough shape that it can handle qualifying, which is great. We should hopefully be there. I'd say maybe probably another two or three weeks. Just well, depends on what if we get a bit of sunshine, a little less rain. We're- I don't know. It just depends on you know they can open qualifying. Like the bunkers are fine up there at the moment. It's mm. just wet underground, but we can deal with that by way of the casual water rule. I, I, I think they could, if they wanted to, after this weekend, open up qualifying again and and see what happens. Um, you mm. know, and, and if there is... It's close. You know, but it's certainly getting close and uh, it's kind of it's kind of scary to think that the winter is gone and all of a sudden we're back to qualifying, which it's is great. A, such a great time of year. The clock's going forward now in, what, 10 days' time. Um, you know, a bit of midweek golf as possible after work. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. And look, it's, it's a great ale stretch in the evenings. And the thing is, for any for anybody listening and going, oh my God, I've, lo- I've missed a whole winter of working on my game, like, it's never too late to start kind of putting in a bit of effort. Like, if you can put in... A few few weeks of a few oh, range like, sessions and I a bit of practice. All you, need, all you need to do is, and I think everybody can try and find half an hour to go up to the mm. range. Small bucket of balls, only thirty, you know, thirty or forty or fifty. You don't have to hit one hundred and twenty, no. but if you hit thirty really good ones, that's all you need, you know. And and even in the back garden, and I know Mark has always got me. I've got um, I have one of these putting mats that um has an arc on it so it, yeah. it gives the, the 
the arc of the putting stroke. And I've stood in my in in my living room here in the house watching TV, just putting. I'm not even doing. I'm not move, I'm not outside. I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is just. And I'm not even hitting a golf ball. I'm just using that. And that's all it is. Getting the stroke built and, into your muscles yeah, in your body. And, and, you know, so you don't even sometimes need to go to a driving range mm-hmm. to do any of this. You can go out to your back garden. You can swing the club a few times. Uh, I would also like to just say, please do not swing inside. Do not break anything. And please do not send any uh, bills to Twitter, uh, to our Twitter handle. I'm not <laughs> suggesting hitting golf balls inside. <laughs> I'm simply <laughs> suggesting you can do a lot if, to your game if inside you, that. If you're lucky enough that you have the space and high ceilings to swing indoors and it's raining outside, I actively encourage it. But definitely do a few test, slow yeah. test swings first to see where you're at. Um, so look, that's, that, yeah. that's, I suppose, our game. And thanks for Jonathan. If anybody has any kind of comments or, or, or views that you'd love us to talk about or like to hear our opinions on at a good talk golf is the twitter handle if you can get it into what 160 odd characters if you can't a good talk spoiled at gmail.com will get to us as well and if anybody wants to find out about the campaign the handicap awareness thing it's under the hashtag the fair way on twitter and i know i know yeah clever enough and uh, i know the gui and the uh, the other unions in the uk have um, all the information on their websites as well. Yeah, like the GY something has, interesting. The G, I think the GY has, has has an actual separate website, which is there to help both us as golfers, but also golf clubs and handicap committees and handicap secretaries. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really good initiative, and they've got some... Uh, there's a really good things in place to try combat banditry in golf, which is it also a tells big bugbear for everybody. It also tells you kind of the averages, you mm-hmm. know, and, and kind of the percentages and how many people are... You know, close to stroke and uh, scratch and so on and so forth. So it's interesting to see it. Uh, Let's look at some relatively quick news items, I suppose. Um, One of the the interesting ones is that uh, the European Tour announced uh, on Wednesday, so uh, yesterday, that the Players' Player of the Year Award is now going to be renamed the Seve Ballesteros Award in in recognition, you know, for all that uh, Seve has done. Uh, Henrik Stenson is the first recipient of the newly named award um, and I think that pretty much goes without saying for what happened last year Sure, yeah. Uh, I think it's a good idea I think it's a nice touch um, mm-hmm. Sevi obviously means so much to the European players and so much to the European tour that's, that's a really good award to win Like that's your peers voting for you so that's the, re- that's the, the respect and admiration or the vote of your peers on what you did last year I think that, counts an o- I think that would feel like it counts an awful lot more to a player than the vote of the media or the vote of the public on who the player of the year is. And so I think it's also it's an pretty tough to get that. of the guys within the tour know how hard it can be to do mm. what somebody else has done. So it's, it is a lovely nod. It's, a, it's great for Henrik and it's, it's a uh, well-deserved uh, renaming of the award to the Seve Ballesteros Award. Uh, Muirfield have voted overwhelmingly at the second time of asking to allow women into the members you might remember listeners was it last year at this stage that uh, they were asked to vote in favor of allowing women in they didn't do so and subsequently the open championship it was removed from the rota of venues um, it obviously had a knock-on effect and they went back to the members and uh, the privately owned club have now voted 80.2% in favour of updating its membership policy on Tuesday to allow women members. And I think we were we were very much in favour of the RNA flexing their muscles on this. 
We were, and I think, look, it, it, it makes sense. Rory himself has come out this week and said that, you know, he still thinks that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's dreadful that this was even required insofar as it should have been voted in the first time. Um, he's fairly forthright in some of his views, um, calling it, you know, obscene. It, it's done now. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen, and you might be able to update me if I haven't seen it, whether or not the Open Championship it will they're back, sorry, it's back they, on the they road. will put it back yeah, on the road. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's obviously you know it's 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 sensible for Muirfield. You kind of feel that it was probably done more out of pressure than actually want, but it is what it is. Uh, I I had heard through the grapevine that their uh, green fees and revenues from green fees had absolutely fallen off the cliff because it wasn't on the open road anymore. So it wasn't they didn't have the attraction for people to go play it. And well, there's a there money you know there's a financial thing um, a prestige thing so there's a lot of reasons why yeah, they like, have, they they did make the vote look, happen and for for whatever the reason is it's done now and that's a great thing yeah like we live in a world where corporates bring a lot of people businesses to events you know and to golf courses because of the name and the stature mm-hmm. um, and obviously we also now live in 2017 where companies don't want to be bringing their employees or their business contacts to courses of that type simply because it's just not the way of the world anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's another block knocked out of the wall and hopefully other courses will continue to follow. Um, other than that, Barry, was there any other news that uh, caught your eye over the course of the week other than Danny Willett pulling out of the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill with an illness? Just three weeks before the defence of his Masters title at Augusta, uh, I said to you off air that he's probably just ill, trying to look for a golf swing in some form at the moment. But could be. Um, I'm not sure there was anything else. I didn't see anything, but maybe you saw anything that that caught your eye. Um, not massive. No, apparently Jack Nicklaus uh, beat his age by six shots yesterday, and in one of the Ernie Els's um, charitable events, which is pretty cool. He shot 71, and Jack is 77 years old. So that's nice. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty serious. Good going. Uh, um, the BBC agreed yeah. to uh, there's there's an extension of the coverage of the Masters for the BBC here in the UK and Ireland. Um, I think obviously, I, they don't have the full live coverage anymore, so it's going to be highlights of the rounds and then live coverage for the Saturday and Sunday rounds. But I think anyone uh, who's a big golf fan and or Masters fan is going, and doesn't have Sky Sports is going to get themselves to a place that has Sky Sports for the Masters rather than the BBC. Yeah, know. but it is, it's good for the BBC. It's good for people who may not want to go to a pub to watch it or somewhere to watch it, and they do at least have the opportunity on Saturdays and mm-hmm. Sundays over here to be able to follow the, the, the important two days, I suppose. Uh, so it is good news. Um, so I suppose... On that note, we, we move to last week's uh, tournaments, and I think, Barry, you were telling me off air that there was no women's LPGA tour event no, last week. Nothing in the LPGA, so the European tour was over in Delhi for the Hero Indian Open. Um, I did not get to see an awful lot of this. I saw bits and pieces of highlights and a lot of um, a lot of social media about the course. The course was heavily redesigned. They moved what sounds like a, a large percentage of India around to make the cor- turn the course from a flat piece of land into a very undulating piece of land. And there were some truly gigantic revetted rivet- bunkers, which looked very cool. And the course played bloody tough because there were only a few players that beat par. 
Well, um, one, one well and truly beat it, and everybody did. else. Uh, there was only two, four, six, seven players who beat par. And uh, on the basis that I'm going to stick with my uh, my belief that you can deal with the European tour names, knock yourself out as to who won this tournament. SSP Charasia. There you go. There we go. Close enough. Um, won by seven shots, defending his title. Uh, I wish I could have seen a little bit more of this, but that didn't happen. And uh, very mm. impressive victory, though. Uh, seven shots is not easy on any tour against any field. No, and, and with the added pressure that it is not only defending, but also uh, it is his home mm-hmm. competition. Uh, so uh, I think we might just say congratulations and move on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> lapped up the races by leaderboard and should help him you know, probably get into the, the GP World Tour Championship at the end of the season. So the previous week over in the United States was the Valspar Championship, if my uh, notes mm. are correct. And uh, Barry, did you get to see much of this? Uh, I, I did, actually. I watched quite a lot of it. I really loved the Copperhead course at Innsbruck. Um, it's a serious challenge and obviously finishing off with the uh, the snake pit, but uh, that doesn't mean that the course is any easier early on in the round. So Adam Hadwin won by a shot, 68, 64, 67. 71 for 270, 14 under, ahead of Patrick Gantley, uh, who was... Cantley. Cantley. Yeah, no G. Uh, yeah. Under, under, 13 under, and then we had Jim Heron, uh, sorry, Herman, my eyesight's gone today, um, and a few other guys further back. Uh, Henrik Stenson down there tied 7th at, at uh, minus 8, but... Um, how was this won or last? Um, you watched it on Sunday. This was a cracking final round. I mean, if if this had been two big names, the media would still be going on about it, or two bigger names in golf. Um, the well, that's a bit disrespectful to put it all Hadwin. I'm not taking that bait. <laughs> I'm not taking that bait. Um, it was Hadwin's first win on tour. Uh, if anyone remembers, he shot 59 there not too long ago. Um, so the guy obviously has serious game. But himself and Cantley were just s- slugging it out. There were birdies flying in everywhere. Cantley put a serious run of birdies together to put pressure on Hadwin. Um, I think one of the crucial putts of the tournament was Hadwin hold a 60-footer when Cantley was in to 5-foot. and Well, Cantley followed him in for his birdie, but it looked for all the world like there was going to be another shot and the uh, shot changed there. Um, Hadwin made the poorest swing he made all day and put it into the water on 16, but managed to make a double bogey. And, uh, you know, held on, made a really good par on 18, um, had to play a belly wedge from the back of the green. And Cantley uh, just didn't quite hit the bunker shot well enough and left himself for a 15 foot for his par, which just ducked dove underneath the hole. But it was, um, you know, the two boys were going at it and it was, you know, it's, it's, it's easy sometimes when you're not completely engaged in a tournament to flip across and check whether the sports are on Sunday because it's generally something on. I didn't switch this the whole way through. It was, uh, it was, uh, Pretty, uh, pretty mesmerizing stuff, and a really good show by the two boys, and um, a really, really well, good win from Hadwin, considering that double bogey on sixteen that could knock most players off their and he off their keel. Two under for the day, obviously that knocked him back, um, but this was also at a time where uh, it looked, you know, from the scorecard, as uh, as I said, I didn't get to see a huge amount over the weekend for various reasons, but you know, Patrick turned onto the back nine and just. You know, he was five under for the day through 14. A mm. uh, little wobble on 15. But was there was there nerves there with Pat? Like, was it was it just that he kind of got to a point so close at that stage on 14, 15? Was there, was it palpable or was it just that he just, 
he just couldn't quite get it over the I line. I see him walking around the golf course. He seemed like a killer. Like he was just going after it. It was really, really impressive. And he's only just come back from a really long layoff or injury and pretty serious back problems that were career threatening. And uh, so it was a kind of feel good story of the week for him to get himself back up in that position and uh, and almost win the title. He um, he's got he's got victories in him. He really does. Like he was very impressive out there. And uh, maybe one, one maybe to it was watch just, on the uh, yeah. on the likes of the the bet markets. You know, probably a guy who'd be quite an extensive odds. I think so. 30, 40, 50 to one. Yeah, guy see, that might yeah. might see a few top tens over the next few weeks. Hundred percent. I think he could definitely sneak in for a few places. And you know the way he played there on Sunday, he's. He, he put an awful lot of pressure on Hadwin. And he, bear in mind, he was coming from four shots back at the start of the day, which is not easy on a golf course like that that wasn't giving up insanely low scoring. Although there were a couple of really good rounds on Sunday by um, Tony Finau had a very low round. He was playing... 64 yeah, on phenomenal. Sunday, yeah. And I think, was it Donald had a pretty good round on Sunday, maybe, if my memory's correct? But um, Tony, yeah, Tony Finau played very well. And he every time they cut to him, the guy was just dropping in with a putt. And he easily could have had, I'd say, another three or four birdies on the back nine the way he was playing, and the putts just didn't fall. So, uh, yeah, very impressive by Hadwin, and uh, also very impressive by Cantley. I mean, every, everything but the win. So he's got to be true, truly delighted with the the way the week went for him. And it's nice to see different names up there as well, because you know you can you can still always see the the same name so it's nice to see these two coming through tony finnow well, to be fair yeah there's been a lot of the big names have been just grabbing tournament wins recently so it's a uh, yeah good point on that um tony finnow like he he's been around now for a couple of years another guy that's just bubbling underneath that kind of second level you just feel for him that this season he could just break on through like mm. 64 like he had a 67 72 70 64 like steady rounds um, only a couple of shots behind but you just feel that I feel if you win that 72 if it had just been a a 69 or a 70 I would have just put him into that little contention with Finau I get the feeling that when he actually breaks the dam and gets his first win it'll just be floodgates open and he will he will definitely get multiple wins he's so talented and the commentators were saying this guy we all know Tony Finau at this stage he hits the ball a mile and the guy, he seems a really nice guy as well. He does seem you know, pretty like cool. There, yeah. There is kind of you know the personality seems to shine through with this guy. That looks like you'd want to kind of have a pint with him. He just seems like a decent. Yeah, chap. yeah, yeah. I'd love to play around, play around with that guy. I'd say it would be a hell of a lot of fun. He's, he's got a really cool demeanor on golf course. Um, they they were saying that back before the PJ Tour, he he's actually throttled back his swing. He used to hit it even further and harder. So. Uh, yeah, he's um he's a he's a very good talent. His game is very hot at the moment. I think he's uh not doing too. I think he shot at level par today. We'll find out in a second. Uh, well, we'll is. come on to this week, I suppose, in a minute. And um, Henrik Stenson, you know, uh, down at eight under. Um, he was all over the place with his irons. So you know, if not not if, bad for, the, for for being all over not, the place. Not bad for your B game or C game. Yeah. And um, um, Graham McDowell, nice to see him top fifteen. Um, you know, dreadful opening round seventy five. Bounces back 67, 70, 67. Mm. Uh, I think we probably all agree that you know we really want to see Graham just push on this year. He's shown signs of life again. He was four over through his first four holes, and you know that's a great bounce back because I mean you're looking at you're staring a miscut right in the face from uh, very early on. So um, yeah, he was talking about doing an awful lot of work over the winter, and now that he's kind of got the family started and the crazy years of his kids out of the way and his businesses. 
he's kind of he seems refocused on golf, or that's what he's saying anyway. And his scoring and God, his results are certainly shown that. And then I suppose the only other uh, person that I've been kind of keeping quite an eye on at the moment is uh, the Irish uh, Seamus Power, who who you know went over to the Olympics for the Irish team and uh, top thirty tights at twenty seven two under. Mm-hmm. You know he seems to be just. Trucking along nicely, you know, over in the States. Grabbing a little wheelbarrow of cash every week. Yeah. Gets your tour card. Like, he's he certainly just, you know, as you say, ticking a few boxes. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau there, 20, tight 27th. Um, well, nice to see Pulse back, uh, kind of playing over there in the in the other side of the pond. He know? needs to make some money quickly. He's on a, the medical exemption. So yeah. he needs to make money quickly to grab his tour card. While we're just on the subject of Irish golfers, Harrington's gone and got surgery on his neck. He yes. decided to pull the trigger on it rather than wait and see what happened and then miss out on the, the main season of golf in the summer. So Yeah, we'll be back hopefully at the beginning of kind of June time as he wants to be back for yeah. the Irish Open and for that kind of uh, swing around for the Open and Yeah, so uh, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Yeah, sorry we missed that. Uh so okay, that's that that's the week that was and uh this week is I suppose we all know it's Thursday, so tournament play is, is currently going. So this week, Barry, the European Tour is... On a break. On a break. Uh, their, their return at the WGC in Austin on the 22nd. So we have the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is over at Bay Hill. Am I right with that? No? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. hanging for a second. Uh, so I suppose we're we're already in game time at this stage, and um, you're having a look. Uh, Emilio Grillo uh, is leading the pace with a good 67 this morning, five under. Molinari, Jason Day, and Stuart Sink have all finished uh, two under with it's... Kevin Kisner and uh, quite a few. Paul Casey, Ryan Snedeker, they're out on the course at the moment at two under. Certainly doesn't look a pushover. <clears throat> Certainly not by the scorings. Like uh, Grillo seems to be well ahead at the moment at, mm. at, at, at five under. Um, a, a really good group of players that are obviously here. Obviously the Arnold Palmer thing brings a lot of the big, big names to the bar mm. to, to, to this tournament. Uh, Rory is playing. He's currently at the moment one under through, through seven. Um, I'm going to spend a lot of this weekend watching this because we have obviously St. Patrick's Day tomorrow and um, we've got Saturday, Sunday, so I'm hoping to get as much of this in as I can. Is there betting at the moment? I know we're in game time, but there there oh, is obviously updated oh, is, uh, yeah. positions, so what uh, what's the current kind of well as you'd, ex- as you'd expect whoever's leading the tournament wouldn't be the tor- wouldn't be the favourite. If Grillo is eight to one at the moment Jason Day and Rory McIlroy joined leaders, uh, market leaders at eleven to two, and uh, then you have here Justin Rose, Brant Snedeker, Molinari, Paul Casey, Matsuyama, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kisner. They're all twenty-two to one and inside. So, um, yeah, still early on, and you can still get six places uh, with Paddy Power, and I'm sure a number of other bookies. And um, it seems like seven places start before tournaments is pretty standard these days, which is good. Considering over 150 golfers start the tournament, you kind of hope to have that extra little bit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay bet-free. Uh, my Cheltenham betting has gone disastrously, so I'm figuring that that would translate into golf betting, so it would just be a waste of money. So I'm going to sit down, watch the golf, enjoy it. You're, not, you're not going to chase the dream with the Gold Cup tomorrow, obviously, by the sounds of it. Uh, Did no. you put all your money in Duvan? Was that your problem? Uh, I'm not the guy that put a half a million on Duvan, no. Not me. <laughs> 
Well, you know, never say that there's a sure thing because there ain't. No. Um, yeah, look, it's it's going to be an interesting week. We're, what, three weeks away now yeah. from, from the Masters, and that's really where all the focus is at this stage. I'm, um, I've no doubt Sky Sports are going to have some really nice pieces about Arnold Palmer over the weekend, so it'll be a nice weekend to kind of remember Arnie and his effect on the game and, um, and hear, hear, some, you know, hear some stories about him from the players because everybody has their own little Arnie story who's out on tour, and most people do, so I'm looking forward to a little bit of that. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, you and I are teeing off on Saturday morning at 10 to 8 a.m. because of uh, Six Nations Rugby, which yep. to a certain extent is completely moot at this point. But anyway, we'll still we'll still go out early and uh, watch it. Um, so I suppose that just leaves me to say thanks a million to you. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, James. Thanks to the listeners. Anybody wants to get in contact with us, as I say, the Twitter handle is a good talk golf, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Um, enjoyed the... Uh, golf over the weekend watching it or playing it and uh, we'll see you all again next week bye bye yeah well you're fine bye bye